Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hope you had a great weekend, and I hope, well, it, it can't be the case for all of you, but I do hope that the football made you smile. I know that my future Longhorn family, so I'm marrying into a family of Longhorns, a a few Aggies in there, but mostly Longhorns, they are ecstatic over the first trip to the playoff for Texas. After winning the Big 12 in what is its final year in that conference, going 12-1, and of course, getting the signature win over Alabama, and obviously trying to restore former glory under Steve Sarkeesian. So Sark, Coach Sark, and Quinn Ewers, Uh, Sure, they have a Manning on their roster, but he never saw the field uh, because this was Quinn's team. He was out for a little bit, uh, injured a little bit, but has come back, and uh, they look real strong. So what you get is Michigan against Alabama, one versus four, and then Washington and Texas, and that will be so much fun. We're asking on New Year's Day. We're asking you, even as the dust settles, though, on another... Body of work and another controversial decision by the college football playoff committee. If you were on that committee, which four teams would you have put into the final four? So you can find the post on our show Twitter after our CBS or on my Twitter and then our Facebook page too. Again, keeping in mind one major component of this is how they finish the last statement that these teams make to the committee. Michigan, Washington, no-brainer. Texas, because it had just the one loss to Oklahoma, was it Oklahoma, I think, in the Red River rivalry, but had the win over Alabama in Tuscaloosa, also beat a ranked Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. Had that number three spot along with the eye test, too. The way that Texas has beaten teams lately has been really impressive. And then Alabama. You can't ask for more than to topple number one. Two-time defending champion. So the Crimson Tide get credit for what they did last and how they finished and the ranked opponents they beat. The win for Florida State over Louisville, not nearly as impressive in the ACC championship. Now, 13-0 is 13-0. But not all wins are created equal. And their strengths of schedules are essentially the same. But the question, according to the committee chair, according to the committee chair, the question that was posed 
and that they had to answer, or at least one of the critical questions they had to answer in the debate between Alabama and Florida State, who do you want to play? Who do you not want to play? So again, that's a lot more eye test, but coming from the coaches, it's significant. But as I say, I'm really happy that when it comes to the NFL, other pro sports, there's no committee. There are no controversial decisions. You are what your record says you are. You get in. If your record and or tie breaks dictate that you're in, period. You've got 17 games. 17 games, 18 weeks, same as every other team. It's not a weighted schedule. Who cares about strength of schedule? None of that matters. It's wins and losses and sometimes ties. The ties will be purple at the wedding, by the way. (laughs) It's after hours, not burnt orange. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're halfway through our first show of the work week and sifting through the college chaos as well as what we've got from the NFL in week 13. We're going to get to Lions on the road at New Orleans coming up because the NFC is top-heavy, and then after that, it's wide open. But I did want you to hear from Jim Harbaugh about facing Alabama in the national semifinals. Now, these come up on New Year's Day. So you have to wait a little longer this year. We're excited to face them. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's iconic. It's, uh, it's Alabama. It's roll tide. It's, uh, man, it's, uh, doesn't get any better to be playing in the Rose Bowl. Also the, uh, you know, just going to appreciate the tradition of, uh, the Rose Bowl, um, Playing a great uh, team like Alabama. If you remember, the expansion plan was held up by the Rose Bowl and the fact that in Pasadena, they weren't really on board with having the Rose Bowl be part of the playoff and and just wanting to make sure the Rose Bowl didn't lose its traditions. It will still be on New Year's Day and your last doubleheader there. So it's it's five different games on New Year's Day. Um, And we'll also see Oregon in action against Liberty, which is kind of interesting. That's the that's the Fiesta Bowl that comes from Glendale, Arizona. But uh, I, I'm not sure Liberty's getting enough credit for being in that bowl. But anyway, Alabama at Michigan is the Rose Bowl at 2 o'clock Pacific time. So 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. And that's followed by Texas and Washington. The Huskies on Friday night had the ease and had the calm of knowing that they were in once they beat Oregon for the Pac-12 championship. And gosh, I hope you enjoyed it because the Pac-12 will not be the same moving forward. Texas had to wait and see. But definitely made a statement. And so for... The offensive brain trust of Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian is great validation in their first year of working together. It's just super cool. I mean, it, it obviously just happened, so it's still kind of sinking in. But um, just super, super, again, just proud of how this team handles everything that, that comes their way, how um, we just continue to, to do what we do um, and not and not worry about what's going on outside of outside of this building. And it's 
we're just blessed, super blessed to, to be to take part in this um, this upcoming playoff. I think our guys have earned it. Uh, they've had a great season. Um, I think we're playing our best football right now at the right time. Uh, and so we'll get back to work. You know, there's a lot of work to be done. We've got a month till we play. We got finals to take. We got to get healthy. We got to we got to have a regimented practice plan to get ourselves prepared to play. But it's a heck of an opponent. Washington's a great team, as we all well know. So Steve Sarkeesian, uh, his third season at Texas, right? So the first one, um, they were below 500. Uh, in 22, they were bowl eligible, but they lost in the Alamo Bowl. Um, and now, as they depart and head to the SEC, which is is going to take some getting used to, this is their parting shot to the Big 12 to go 12-1 and one and win the conference championship. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Again, who would you put into that top four, the final four, if you were on the committee? How would you have voted it? And also, let me just amend, Sark and Ewers worked together uh, last year, of course, too. So, sorry about that. My fault. But you've got four really impressive head coaches. You've got some newbies in Texas. Michigan is into its third straight college football playoff after winning the Big Ten going away. And that conference is about to change, too. Only the second playoff for the Huskies, but it's been a few years. And then Alabama. So the SEC does have a team in. Remember, the SEC has got a streak of wins now, too. And they've been a staple of the college football playoff, which just irks people to no end. Not all people, just some people. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we have to get back to the NFL. We've got our Monday MVP poll up and some dude on our Facebook page. (laughs) I actually put him out of his misery by hiding his comment because he was being a snit. But he actually said... He doesn't know any of the names in our Monday MVP poll. I'm not sure you want to admit that. Not on this weekend, not after week 13. The Detroit Lions were on the road in New Orleans. And maybe, just maybe, taking a page out of the Packers book, considering what Green Bay did to hop on pop on Thanksgiving Day. Out of the huddle and to the line. Goff moves in behind center. Single back behind him, David Montgomery. Goff turns, gives to Montgomery. Running right, tries to get the edge. He's in there. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Goff out of the gun. Jared, long count, leans in. There's the snap. Back, looking, looking, throwing, caught. End zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Sam Laporta. Number six of the year for the rookie. Jared takes the shotgun snap, wants to throw. Looking, looking, throwing, middle, caught. Amon Ra 10, Amon Ra 5, Amon Ra end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ra St. Brown caught that one in traffic and just ran away from everybody straight up the field. What a start by the Lions. And then, Dan, it doesn't matter. They run zone. They run man to man. It doesn't matter. We cut him off in a breath. It's all right. You get the gist on Lions Radio, Dan Miller, the play-by-play. So Detroit marches 80 yards on the opening drive. It's a David Montgomery touchdown, and that really does set off the fireworks. A huge first quarter. Uh, Derek Carr obliges with an interception, and that leads to the Sam Laporta touchdown. The rookie tight end is actually one of the best of the position this year. It's a down year for the tight end position. Even Travis Kelsey has games where – 
I don't want to say he's invisible, but just the defense gets to him or he has a couple of drops. Um, and so Travis still the best, I think most productive tight end in the NFL, George Kittle. I mean, he's obviously a great weapon, but there are also games where he does a whole lot of nothing or they just don't target him or it doesn't work out. And they have so many weapons on that Niners offense too, especially now that Debo Samuel is healthy. I just, oh my gosh, as I look up right now, so the NFL Network is replaying Sunday Night Football, and right as I looked up, they're they're into the second quarter, and they show Travis Kelsey forlornly sitting on the bench. There's no one else around him with this long expression on his face, uh, like he, you know, he's lost his dog somewhere. Uh, just that was very timely. Yeah, not a not a great game for him. Really, not a great game for many of the guys on. Uh, that Chiefs offense, but I digress. Anyway, so back back to the Lions. Sam Laporte has been a great addition to their offense, and he and Jared Goff have worked hard on their rapport. And then you hear the Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown. So it's 21-0. The Lions are up in New Orleans. Now, the Saints do answer. They have this propensity to score quickly, and they can catch you sleeping if you're not giving them their due. They have touchdowns on three of four drives in the second half. And they only give up a field goal to the Lions in the third quarter. But the touchdown bug bites them in the rear end. Touchdown. The turnover bug bites them in the rear end. Touchdown, turnover. They actually were all happening there in the second half. Derek Carr fumbles again. And so he has two turnovers in this game. And that leads to another Detroit opportunity. And it was a doozy. Goff is going to work from directly behind center. Single back behind him is Montgomery. Brock right in motion to the left side. Two tight ends set for the Lions. Goff takes, fakes the give, goes end around. Now they flip it on the second back coming around. That is Jamison Williams inside the yes, 15, sir. inside the 10, dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. A little razzle-dazzle to number nine who did a swan dive into the end zone of the Lions has extended their lead. I was excited. Uh, I, I Actually, Ben come, came and told me it was coming, so I was just waiting on it. I was waiting on it. When he got called, I just knew, like, I got to score. I got to score. How did you see it develop in front of you? Um, in practice, it was it was, it was was different. Like, I, uh, Jared, JG, and, and uh, Sam, they was giving me the outside. But in, in the game, it showed up a little different. They, they uh, blocked them out. I cut up under them. I just had to make the cut, and it was it. Jamison Williams kind of telling you what he sees. But, yeah, in traffic. He's able to go 19 yards, kind of get around the side and shoot up the sideline. And that's the backbreaker for the Lions. Alvin Kamara does have a touchdown in the fourth quarter for New Orleans. And there is one more opportunity, but the Lions D holds off on fourth down. And I was just as impressed with the final three minutes of the game. So as much as we look at the flashy and the gaudy and the explosive and the big numbers, how about Detroit running off the final three minutes? Never giving the ball back to the Saints. Earning a pair of first downs. Making sure the clock expires with them in victory formation. So to me, that's just as impressive. And yeah, here are the Lions now sitting at 9-3. and three. No turnovers in this game. Nearly 150 yards rushing. This is not your daddy's Lions team. Knew we were going to have to make some plays there at the end to kind of seal that thing. And 
um, obviously love it. Yeah, that's that's what we're that's what you live for, and um, made the plays when they mattered. That was a heck of a win. It's not easy to come in this place and win. That's a prideful team, you know. And they came out and fought. And I love the way we came out early in this game. And um, you know, and then they made some adjustments. And then we had to make some adjustments. And uh, I was proud of our defense getting two takeaways. Wow. Dan Campbell era, a winning culture, belief, toughness, uh, mentally and physically. And right now, the lead in the NFC North, picking up where they left off at the end of last season. Remember, he wanted them so desperately to get flexed. They didn't get flexed until the very last weekend of the season. They beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau under the lights. And from that point on, there was no ignoring them. Or if you do, it's at your own peril. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So, yeah, career day for Sam Laporta. Three more touchdowns. The three or two is two more touchdowns for Jared Goff. Sometimes I have to work through these things in my brain. I love that they have a run game with David Montgomery, the former Bear, Jameer Gibbs, the rookie. Remember, they drafted him early on, and people were scratching their head. Why in the world would they get a running back that high? As for Derek Carr, he's missing toward the end of the game. Jameis Winston comes in and replaces him, and now Derek Carr has missed the end of multiple games because of injuries or concussions, and Dennis Allen keeps having to answer the question about his veteran QB. Derek's in the concussion protocol right now, so... Uh, we'll evaluate that as we go. Oh, oh, thank you, Coach, for all of that intel. Shall we look at the NFC again? Because this is nutso. You've got the teams at the top, the cream of the crop. Oh, huh. see, now sometimes I sound like I should be a radio host, and other times I sound like I shouldn't be talking for a living. <laughs> oh, well. It's just the beauty of this job. <laughs> the Eagles are 10 and 2 after losing to and losing is putting it mildly after losing to the Niners. The Cowboys are 9 and 3 right behind them in the NFC East and from the category of you can't make this stuff up, Dallas is hosting Philadelphia next Sunday night. Oh, cannot wait. So Eagles and Cowboys are within a game of each other. The Lions are also 9-3, and three, so Lions and Cowboys have the same record, as do the Niners. The Niners are three games clear in the NFC West now. Believe it or not, the Rams have won three in a row. They've leapfrogged the Seahawks. Remember, the Seahawks lost to Dallas in a great game on Thursday night football. But because Seattle's dropped three straight, the Rams have won three in a row. For now, they have the edge. But the same 6-6 six and six record. But here's the part that's crazy is you have five teams in the NFC that are six and six. Do you know other than the teams I just mentioned there, the 10 and two Eagles and the other trio that's nine and three, the next best record in the NFC is six and six, which means all those teams are alive for, in the case of the South, an actual division title, but in the case of the others, wild cards. I mean, right now, you've got Vikings, Packers, Falcons, Rams, and Seahawks, all 6-6. Six and six. Some of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Three wild cards, remember. 
No, two wild cards. <laughs> when I'm thinking of it like baseball. <laughs> we get the three wild cards. <laughs> Never mind. So, the Eagles and Cowboys next Sunday. Lions have a stranglehold on the North. Niners, the same in the West. NFC South is still up for grabs. That includes both the Buccaneers and the Saints, who are a game back at the Falcons. Man, what a mess. But so the thing is, though, you could ask a lot of people, and they would tell you the best team in the league is in the NFC. Maybe the best two teams in the league are in the NFC. Maybe even the best three or four teams are in the NFC, though that would certainly be a debate. But that's kind of the, the strange nature of the season. The AFC is more competitive from top to bottom, and it's a dogfight to get into the playoffs. But the NFC, where it's easier to get into the playoffs, may actually have the best teams. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I know. I was just, it's funny. Jay just said in my ear, there are three wild cards. I'm a dodo. Always go with your first answer. This is what came naturally was three wild cards. Of course, because last year we had three teams in the NFC East. Yeah, and then ended up with the Seahawks in as well as a wild card. Was last year the first time it went to seven? No, it was the year before. Before, I can't remember now. One or two years, three years? One or two years. It's been, it's, it's been recent. Oh, my gosh. Always go with your first answer. I mean, the perfect show was out the window a long time ago. But I don't like to be inaccurate. So sometimes I just make up words, and that I can't really help. That has to do with my brain and my mouth not being in sync, and sometimes just having a bazillion pieces of information in my head, and they all come cra- they come flying out of my mouth, and, and I combine things. Like earlier, not Boo Corrigan, but Goo Corrigan. Did you know that's his name? Goo. Boo Goo. Don't ever tell him that, though. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> you are listening to the After Hours Podcast. And because it can always get worse, it is absolutely pouring right now. And yeah, you know Paul. what? That might be another weather delay. Yeah, Paul, the, the referee, Land Clark, was just uh, announcing there could, couldn't make it out, but was just announcing that there's another weather delay. Again, we saw the lightning on the extra point try. I don't believe it's just because of the rain. I I think it's because of the lightning. But we have another weather delay with 7.18 to go in the third. The Cardinals up 17-3. Hits, misses, and messes. Time to talk football after hours with Amy Lawrence. A pair of weather delays marred the game between the Cardinals and Steelers in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Two long delays for severe weather, and that wasn't even the worst of it for the Steelers. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. That's Dave Pash on Cardinals Radio. But the bigger issue for the Steelers is their quarterback. Third and goal at the three. Pickett empty set now calls Najee into his right now stands to his left. Bunch tight right. They break that with motion by Deontay left. Back is Pickett. He starts to run. Downhill. He stops short of the goal line and about the one-yard line. It's fourth down and decision time for... Uh-oh, and Pickett is hit hard. He took to get it up. hard, but... Uh, he's got that ankle problem, and 
He's down. Oh, and on. he bounced his noggin, too. Yeah, he got hit pretty good there. That's the commentary and the anxiety on the Steelers radio network. And this is one reason why I know it doesn't happen every time and it is football. So it's physical, but one reason why not all teams want to expose their quarterbacks and run plays because this is more likely to happen. Kenny Pickett kind of runs up through the middle and he's got a defender. It's not a dirty play. It's not an illegal play, but as he's getting tackled in front of the goal line, Guy rolls on his leg and his ankle buckles underneath him. And yes, his head did bounce. In fact, it kind of bounced right there at the goal line. But that's not why he left the game. So we're talking deep red zone. And all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, everything changes for the Steelers. He was wearing a boot on the sidelines in the second half. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What we're hearing now, the reports are... He needs to have surgery and that he could be out a couple weeks. Now, that's the air quotation. He could be out a couple weeks. Into the game comes Mitch Trubisky. But it's actually not Trubisky who's the star of the show in this one, but it is a familiar face and a familiar name there in Pittsburgh. Murray under center. Again, James Conner, the running back, gets the call. Dives over the top straight ahead into the end zone for the touchdown. In his first game as a visitor in this stadium, James Conner returns to Pittsburgh with a huge touchdown midway through the third to make it 16-3. One receiver to the right. They hand it off. Conner to the left. First down. Conner dies for the end zone. Touchdown! James Conner with two scores in the welcome back party in Pittsburgh. Certainly was that for Connor and Kyler and the Cardinals, who are now 3-10 and 10 on the season. So, yeah, Connor goes over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns for him. But it really is the 15-play, 99-yard drive late in the second quarter. Uh, you may have seen the highlights with Trey McBride, and he was a beast on that drive, including the touchdown catch. And so, Kyler Murray still working it out in the return from the torn ACL. Uh, but because the lack of offense for the Steelers, uh, really, they were kind of stuck in neutral. You don't think of them as a team that can put up a lot of points anyway for obvious reasons, even with Kenny Pickett, but it got a lot worse after he left the game. So Arizona, even against the Steelers' defense, goes 3-for-3 three three in the red zone, 10-of-17 on third down. These are pretty impressive numbers for a team that's scuffled most of the year uh, and – this is the moment where the Steelers have to do some soul searching. Now, we're going to hear more from Mike Tomlin tomorrow about Kenny Pickett. Apparently, that's the report. He will speak tomorrow about his starting quarterback, but he had plenty to say about the loss. That was a horrible day at the office. Um, we didn't do much right in that game, to be quite honest with you. And so we got to own that, obviously, starting first and foremost with me. Um, just losing football. Um, Really was, you know. Um, we're highly penalized, some pre-snap penalties, some operational penalties, bad snaps, um, just JV football in a lot of ways. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Credit to them. I mean, anytime you put up that many points, um, you have a 99-yard drive. I think that means they're doing some things um, right, and uh, we have some things to correct. TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has done a lot. They've done the yeoman's share of the work this season. And they are still above 500. They're 7-5. and five. And they're right in the mix in the AFC. Now, we're going to look at the AFC through the lens of a brand new top seed. What, what? Wait until you hear right now who's sitting in the catbird seat in the AFC. But with losses on Sunday, both the Steelers and the Browns, who started their fourth different quarterback this season, they've gone from Deshaun Watson to P.J. Walker to Dorian Thompson-Robinson to... Joe Flacco. That was very jarring to see Joe in brown and orange after he spent his entire career. Well, not his entire career, but the 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 Super Bowls, the Pro Bowls, the fat contracts, all of that came in Baltimore purple. But Steelers and Browns are 7 and 5. Colts and Texans are 7 and 5. How about that? Right now those are your top teams. For wild card spots, the Bills are six and six. Now we're going to look at the AFC East after the break, plus a brand new one seed right now in what is a thick, competitive, no holds barred conference. On Twitter, after our CBS, who's the Monday MVP? Also on our Facebook page. And then while we're talking college football in the wake of the final four and the playoff rankings, If you're on the committee, who do you put there as your final four? You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Waddle on the right side. Back to throw to a looking. Throws it deep for Tyreek. He's got him. And Tyreek is gone. Nobody's going to catch him. 10-5, 10-5, touchdown Miami! Beat him again, down the sideline! Hill in motion, goes to the right, looking for him. Deep down the field, and he oh. got him! What a movement by a Hill to catch that football! He was turned inside, Joe, the ball was hit, thrown to the outside, and he weaved his way back, another bomb! Tua to Hill, touchdown! Boy, he saw that matchup with his fastest player, what a throw and catch, man. Those two are dialed in with each other. Do it to Tyreek again. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. 
Tyreek Hill is on pace for 2,038 yards, 2,000-something-something 2000 something yards. He would be over 2,000 yards if, in fact, he continues on the pace that he's on right now. And he was having a blast against the Commanders in Washington on Sunday. Calls there on the Dolphins Radio Network. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. He has a 78-yard scamper and a 60-yard scamper. And in addition to the offense in the first half, Andrew Van Ginkle has a pick six off Sam Howell that goes 33 yards. This was already 31-7 at half. The Dolphins were already in cruise control at halftime. And actually, good news to see Devon Achan return to the field as well. Couple of touchdowns for him, 73 yards. He looks healthy. So going back to their primary carrier. And they also have Raheem Mostert, who got into the end zone. So it's just a block party when the Dolphins face a lesser defense. And yes, the commanders are that, considering that they traded away both Montez Sweat and Chase Young. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So, Ron Rivera, how's it feel to be down 31-7 at the break? When you spot 21 points to a very good football team, you're not gonna you're gonna struggle to, to win a game, and you can't do the things that we did and expect to win. Believe it or not, the Dolphins right now are the top seed in the AFC. They're nine and three, but by virtue of tie breaks and the only formulas that they're allowed to consider, <laughs> right? So no committees, no strength of schedule. Nope. It's just tiebreakers, sometimes head-to-head when that comes into play. The Jaguars can actually join the Dolphins and Ravens at 9-3 and three with a victory on Monday night. But for now, it's Miami, it's Baltimore. They're both 9-3. and three. It would be the Dolphins with the top seed. And we'd heard Tua talking about Tyreek Hill and Tyreek talking about Tua. The way that it's come together, first of all, Tua healthy, more durable. The way that it's come together in the Mike McDaniel offense is dazzling. What Tyreek's going to do, Tyreek's able to be super aggressive because he trusts Tua's field vision and knows that um, if he's putting a ball up in the air a little bit over the middle um, to just track it and catch it. Someone asked Tyreek Hill postgame if this is his best season, and his answer caught my ear. I believe I am having my best season. Um, even if I didn't have the numbers, you know what I'm saying, I, I feel like I'm doing a great job of, you know, um, being in the right spot for the quarterback and making sure I'm doing a great job blocking and just understanding this whole offense. Um, I, I think this off this offseason, I, I really had a chance to just look back and just understand my mistakes from last year. Um and I, I took it head on, like, because I'm the type of player I I put a lot of accountability on myself, and um, I feel like as one of the leaders on this team, I, I just step up and be better. Obviously, like the stats look good last year, but there was a lot of room for improvement, you know, for myself. And I was like, you know what, I'm not I'm not gonna settle for that. You know, I, I feel like I can be a whole lot better. So that's just me, just believing in myself. I don't know what you what you would expect them to do if if you if you expect them to cover Tyreek's side, then we're going to throw to Devon. I mean, we we liked our matchups, um, but 
it you know it, it definitely is is uh, tough when you go man across the board and it's and it's pressed against really fast guys like that. Tua, his message to opposing defense: I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. <laughs> it's after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. I would give you more from the Washington side, but man, they're just playing out the string. And I'm not saying the the players have stopped working at it or that Ron Rivera cares any less, but they're about to see a major wipeout. That coaching staff, I mean, it's it's all coming. The writing I on had the a bad day. Yeah, the writing on the wall is there. And while I do hope that the Josh Harris Magic Johnson ownership group allows Ron Rivera to finish out the season. They've got, at this point, not a whole lot to play for, except for pride. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, as I just mentioned. But on Facebook or on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, you can vote for Monday MVP. Also, if you're on the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, which four do you put in those New Year's national semifinals? All right, staying in the AFC East where... Producer Jay reminded me that this was supposed to be one of the toughest divisions in football. Uh, the Dolphins, again, right now are 9-3, and three, and they are sitting in the number one spot in the conference. Bills are 6-6. Six and six. The Bills are not playing this weekend. The Jets have now dropped five consecutive games in the pouring down rain, and it was cold. I know that my, my house is about 15 minutes away from MetLife Stadium, and it was miserable on Sunday. I will say that. Desmond Ritter does manage to find the end zone for the Falcons with a Michael Pruitt touchdown. This comes after a Dalvin Cook fumble, but that's it. That's the only touchdown in the game. Tim Boyle started for the Jets, but he's benched after an interception. Trevor Simeon gets his first action for the Jets, but they have no points in the fourth quarter. And Robert Sala is at a loss for words. This was supposed to be a team that would fit Aaron Rodgers to a T. It was a team built for him. They brought in a bunch of veterans to work around him so that he would have a comfort zone, not to mention Nathaniel Hackett, and it all went horribly wrong. And I know there's talk that Aaron could return sometime this month. To me, that is ridiculous. Why not give him the time to completely heal what is the point of bringing him back when the team is now clinging to life support? And so, yeah, Robert Sala, what do you do besides get your other quarterback? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
fact that glows in the dark? Uh, same thing I said, you know, you just got to keep grinding. Um, uh, continue to find ways to take advantage of our opportunities when they present themselves. And uh, um, but when you're backed into a corner, the only thing you can do is keep swinging. It could be worse. You could be the New England Patriots. We'll get to them coming up here momentarily, but I want to make sure we acknowledge the Falcons because they're 6-6, six and six, and yeah, the NFC South is a, well, you know what it is. <laughs> it's up for grabs like it was last year when it was won by the Buccaneers with a losing record, but it's 6-6. Six and six. The Falcons are surging, and they now have the division lead. They threw everything they had at us, and there's a lot of things going on, and uh, the day, the positive side, when we needed to make some plays, um, we did. You know, the game came down to was the low-scoring game. When you're in a playoff chase, you're trying to win a division. Um, sometimes, you know, things the game get ugly in the elements, and whatever happens, turn on you adjust. And at the end of the day, you just got to find a way to win. It definitely was ugly, and there definitely were elements, and it wasn't just the elements that were ugly. So the Jets at four and eight. As I say, do not need to be bringing back Aaron Rodgers, but we'll see. I mean, they've all indicated that's what they're holding out hope for to salvage what is otherwise a very disappointing season. They had much higher hopes, of course. So they've dropped five in a row, as have the Patriots, but it's far worse to be the Patriots offense right now. New England started Bailey Zappi. He had no turnovers, but the offense didn't even manage 150 passing yards. Five sacks. Neither team, and this is Chargers and Patriots, so consider how well the Patriots' defense has played in its last three games. This is, I mean, it's unheard of. The Patriots' defense has given up 10 points, 10 points, and 6 points. Three straight weeks. They've given up a total of 26 points in three games. And yet they've lost all three. This was even uglier than Falcons-Jets. The Chargers, they were awful. They only had two field goals. No, again, driving, cold, rainy. It was it was terrible weather, too. But Cameron Dicker, the kicker, gets to be the star of the show with a pair of second-quarter field goals that stand up. It's nice, obviously, um, getting the rest of the team to get me into that position and then having J.K. and Josh be able to execute and get it down for me is awesome. Belichick was tight-lipped per the usual, as you can imagine. But Bailey Zappi getting his first start of the year. They played great. You know, offense, you know, it starts with me. I got to make plays towards the end. I got to throw better balls. I got to make the balls catchable, especially in, you know, conditions like today. Wait, wait, hold on. Did he say I I played great? Did he say they played great? Hold on. Start start that again. They played great. You know, offense, you know, it starts with me. I got to make plays towards the end. I got to throw better balls. Why would he say that? They played great. Did he say they played great? Well, they didn't play great. I don't know who he's talking about. They played great. <laughs> I guess if the Chargers defense holds you to no points, you can say they played great. But eh, that's kind of an interesting blanket statement. Yeah, I, I don't know how it gets better before it gets worse for the New England Patriots. But yeah, two of the worst offenses in the NFL. We're now looking at them in the same AFC East division. And the Bills at times haven't been much better. Oi. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 